So you're right on track, Ann. <laughs> you're in the spirit this morning because that's exactly what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about the prayer of agreement, but we want to talk a little bit in general about prayer before we jump right into that. And I just want to say a, a few things about prayer in general. First of all, I want to say that faith is what causes prayer to bring results. And faith is what makes prayer work. Prayer doesn't make faith work. Okay? Faith is what makes prayer work. Prayer doesn't make faith work. And we need to know that God is not your problem. God and His Word are one. And by spending time with God and His Word, that's how we get to know God. And if we don't spend time with God and in His Word, Satan could lie to you about God and you would believe it. And that's why when that lady said what she said to you in the hospital, and you didn't believe it because you already had you already heard something else. Yes. Amen. You already knew about God. So you didn't believe that lie. But you can see where, you know, if you never spent time with any of your family, let's say, and you didn't know, say you had relatives you didn't know very well, and you, you know, you never saw them very often, somebody could tell them lies about you, and they'd believe it, wouldn't they? And that's, that's what's happened with a lot of Christians and God, you know. They just believe these lies. That, that the devil tells them about God because they don't know God. You know, they don't spend time in the Word. They don't know the Word. They don't know His will. They don't know His character. They don't know how He acts. They don't know He'll do what He says He'll do. You know, they just, well, whatever God, I'm just leaving it up to God. Well, that's a disaster. You know, if, if that, some people call that prayer. And that's how, you know, they just leave the door open for Satan to come in and just bulldoze them. And they think it was God. So, so that's why it's so important to, to spend time with God in prayer and with the Word. Because we, we, we know God. We know He's not our problem. Hallelujah. So we know that God's not the one making us sick and He's not teaching us a lesson or through sickness or putting something uh, on us, uh, we, we know that's not God because it's contrary to His Word. So how can you release any faith toward God to help you if you believe that He has some purpose for your misery? You, you cannot release faith in God to deliver you if you think He's the one that caused the problem in the first place. And, and that's... You can see how some people's faith is just shorted out. I mean, it's just, it's just cut off. There's just not any faith there. It's, it's impossible. You can't trust God to deliver you if you think He has caused or allowed this situation. Now, uh, James 4, verse 7, you know, says, Humble yourself. We'll just turn there. James 4, 7. 
says, Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Well, how do we submit ourselves to God? Well, one way we submit ourselves to God is to submit ourselves to the Word and say, whatever the Word says, that's the way it is, and whatever the Word says, that's what I believe. That's one, that's one major way that we submit ourselves to God. We put His Word first place. Resist the devil, and he might flee from you. Is that what it says? He will flee. He will flee. Amen. But you got to resist him or he's not going to flee. But we are commanded to resist anything that does not come from God. And when people are confused about what's of God and what's not of God, they're not going to resist it. Because they think, well, this could be from God. And if it's from God, then I don't want to resist it. So you can see the confusion that Satan causes. And it just leaves an open door for him to continue to operate in people's lives. So if you are confused about what is of God and what is not, you cannot pray effectively for results. Our prayer life must be based on personal knowledge of God and His Word. Now, I don't want anybody praying for me that thinks it might be God's will for me to be sick. And, and you ought to have the same attitude. I'm thinking of your list of what you might be wanting to do, this one and that one, and it just wouldn't work, would it? I, I you know, work. if somebody's going to pray for me, I want them to know the will of God about whatever we're going to pray about. And I want them to know... It's God's will to heal me and that I'm already healed. And, there, and we're in agreement about the fact that I'm already healed and it's God's will for me to be healed and stay healed. I, I, that's the people I want praying for me. If they have any question about whether or not I ought to be healed or I can be healed, I don't want those people praying for me. Amen? Now, I heard Charles Capps... Uh, so he went to a doctor who was a Christian doctor and you know they had a conversation about things and uh, came around to the subject about prayer and, and uh, the doctor said well yeah I, you know I believe in prayer and I, I believe God heals you know and so forth and uh, so they kind of discussed the situation and then they agreed to pray you know, about whatever he was going to have done or whatever they should do. And, and uh, so Charles said to the doctor, he said, you pray first. So he, he let the doctor pray, and the doctor prayed, you know, Lord, we know it's, you know, your will to heal, and I pray, I'm asking you to give me wisdom of what to do in this situation, and, you know, I'll receive your wisdom about the the test to do and what's the right course of action we should take here and so forth. So later on, uh, Charles's wife asked him, she said, why did you let that doctor pray first when you prayed? He said, I wanted to know what the doctor was going to pray. I wanted him to pray first because I wanted to hear what he was going to pray and if he was going to pray something else, Lord, if it be your will, 
I wasn't going to pray. I was going to be out of there. And I wasn't going back. So he said, I wanted to know where he stood and what he was going to pray for me. And then decide whether or not I was going to stay there or I was going to leave. So that was really the wisdom of God. So, so uh, you know, that, that would be a good idea. If you're not too sure about where people stand concerning the Word and knowing God's will about your situation, I'd be very hesitant to let anybody like that pray, you know, uh, I just think that's a word to the wise because you, you know, you just don't know where everybody's faith level is. And I don't care if they're a pastor of 5,000 people, you know, that doesn't mean anything. Uh, you don't let just anybody pray for you without knowing where their faith level is and what their, their word of uh, knowledge level is about the word of God. If they think it might be God's will for you to keep whatever you want to be rid of, you just politely, you know, just politely turn down their prayer and, you know, just turn down their offer. Say, no thanks, that's, you know, I'm, I'm believing God. It's okay. You know, you don't have to be uh, nasty about it or anything. Just say, no thank you. You know, I'm believing God. Hallelujah. Prayer is not to be a religious exercise. The purpose of prayer is to get results. And if you can't use prayer in a practical way in order to change things, why pray? That's the purpose for prayer. In order to get results in prayer, we must be convinced of this basic fact that God wants to answer our prayers. Now, if you've only ever been in church once in your life, you have probably heard the pastor or some other Christian somewhere make this statement concerning prayer. You have probably heard somebody make the statement, sometimes God says no. Sometimes that's, their answer, that's God's answer to prayer is sometimes he says no. Now that is total, complete, religious hogwash. And I've heard it myself, and I can still remember in the church I grew up in, hearing a sermon on that. And, you know, if God says no, I mean, why, you know, what chance do we have? <laughs> you know, that is total, complete hogwash. It's totally contrary to the Word of God. This is a carnal answer to a spiritual problem of ignorance. Now in 1 Timothy 4.1 it says, Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. And if there is a statement that qualifies as a doctrine of devil, I think that's one of them. That sometimes God says no. That would go on, I think that would qualify for the list of doctrines of devils. 2 Corinthians 1, 18 to 20. Let's turn there. 2 Corinthians 1.
2 Corinthians 1.18 For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but to us which are saved it is the power of God. For it is written, Oh, am I in the right place? I'm reading from 1 Corinthians. Sorry. <laughs> I, didn't think, I didn't think that sounded right. 2 Corinthians 1.18. That was still good, but that's not the one I was looking for. But as God is true, our word toward you was not yes and no. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among you by us, even by me and Silvanus and Timotheus, was not yes and no, but in Him was yes. Yeah. Hallelujah. In Him was yes. For all the promises of God in Him are yes. And in Him, amen, unto the glory of God by us. So the Word says all the promises of God are yes. Not no, yes. He said, our, you know, the Word we preach to you, it's not yes and no. The promises of God are yes. Case closed. Amen. That's, that's the end of the story. <clears throat> now, I don't know what it is that people don't understand about that. I mean, that's just about as plain as you can get. You cannot find one instance in Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John where anybody ever came to Jesus and Jesus turned around and said, whatever you want prayer for, the answer is no. Never. What about blind Bartimaeus? Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus didn't turn around and say, whatever it is, the answer is no. You know, he didn't, when Jairus came up to Jesus and fell down at his feet and said, you know, Master, come lay your hands on my daughter and she shall be healed. And Jesus said, the answer is no. Never. He never said, whatever you want prayer about, the answer is no. Never. All we have to do is just look at the Bible. You know, read the red. Jesus, Jesus Words are in red. This is nothing but religious hogwash, and these people are asking amiss. If they think God's saying no, they're asking amiss. Because the promises of God are yes. The new birth has given us the right to expect our prayers to be answered. Second uh, Corinthians 5.21, you don't have to turn there, but it says, He who knew no sin was made to be sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God. So Jesus has made us worthy to have our prayers answered. And with some Christians who have a sense that they are not deserving of answered prayer or anything from God, this is a major hindrance to their faith and a major hindrance to answered prayer in their life if they believe that they are not worthy. Now, let's turn to Hebrews 4. 
Hebrews 4.16 Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So, because Jesus has made us worthy, we can go to God boldly. We can go before the throne of God boldly and expect our prayers to be answered. Now, that doesn't mean we go, you know, arrogant or high-minded or anything like that. It just means we're children of God and we're in God's family and that gives us a right to expect our prayers to be answered when they're based on God's Word. When we pray, we are not praying to impress God or anybody else. Let's turn to Matthew 6. Matthew 6. Jesus said, But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy Father, which is in secret. Um, and thy Father, which seeth in secret, shall reward thee openly. But when you pray, here he's talking to the disciples, when you pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think they shall be heard for their much speaking. So Jesus is saying it's not the length of the prayer, it's not the eloquence of prayer that causes the prayer to be answered. It's faith in that prayer that gets the ear of God. And we are praying for results. And a prayer that consists of two words in faith is more powerful than praying for 20 minutes waiting to feel something. Or to, you know, have some kind of physical manifestation that something's happened. It's more powerful to just pray a short prayer in faith and that's it than to just you know, go on and on and on and on praying a bunch of unbelief. That's not, that's not prayer. It's not prayer that will bring results. And that's what we're after. We're after results. A key to success in prayer is expecting results. Just hoping to get results is not enough to receive from God. Now, a few weeks ago we talked about the difference between hope and faith. And there's a difference between hoping for something and believing you receive. Because we, we said hoping always moves the thing out in the future. You know, if you say, I hope to be healed one day, one day never comes. Because six weeks, six months from now, you're still hoping. You're always projecting it out into the future someday, and someday never comes. So, so there's a difference between hoping to get and believing you receive. And that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to teach people to believe they receive when they pray. And how to receive from God 
instead of just hoping all the time that God's going to do something someday. We're, we're trying to teach people how to receive by faith. And we receive now. Now we talked about that a few weeks ago. I'm not going to go back over that. But uh, when we're operating in faith, we believe the power of God went to work the moment we prayed. And, and it's, it's more powerful to just pray Six or seven words in faith, and just that's it. You know, sometimes people expect a long, drawn-out prayer, and if they don't get a long, drawn-out prayer, they go away disappointed. You know, but how long the prayer is and how eloquent the prayer is—that's not what matters. You've come there to receive, and if that prayer's three words in faith, you take it. Amen. We talked about taking it. Faith takes it. Now the first rule in praying for results is you must base your prayer on God's Word. When you pray in line with God's Word, you automatically pray in line with God's will. And you cannot miss it. You can't ask amiss if you're praying according to God's Word. And that's why it's important to be able to go to the Scriptures Find some scriptures that cover your situation. Because that's where you want to start the basis of your prayer. Knowing the will of God in this situation. So you start out with the answer. In the prayer, you start out with the answer. And there's no way you can ask amiss when you're starting out with the, knowing the word of God to begin with. And you allow the word of God to construct your prayer. Now, we won't turn there, but 1 John 5, verses 14 to 15 says, And this is the confidence that we have in Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, He heareth us. And if we know that He hears us, whatsoever we ask, we know we have the petitions that we desired of Him. So if you trust someone, that means you believe what they say. But you've got to know what they said before you can trust them. And it's hard to trust God, to have any faith or confidence that God's going to answer this thing if you don't even, people don't even know what He said. And that's why a lot of Christians just have the attitude, well, you know, what, I'm just leaving it all up to God. You know? And, and whatever. And, and, and then when it doesn't come to pass, they think it was God's will that it didn't come to pass. And that's where they come up with these crazy notions that sometimes God says no. Because they, they, they just... They didn't pray. They just threw the door open for the devil to come in there and make God look bad. You know. So that's where this, this uh, asking amiss comes from. It's, it's not knowing what the Word of God says to begin with. Now, let's take for an example of the prayer of salvation. You would go to the Word and you would find out what you must do to be saved. So if you were going to lead somebody to the Lord, you would turn to Romans 10.17. That would be a major one of the main scriptures you would turn to. And it says that if thou shalt confess... Now, if, if it were me, I'd turn to that scripture and I'd read it to them. 
And I'd say, you know, this is a basis for our prayer. This is a basis for you getting saved right here. This, this, is, this is why you can have confidence that when you obey this word and you act on it, you're going to be saved. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. You, you've established from the Word of God, it's His will to save people. And you've given them something to base their receiving on. They know that you haven't just made up something. They see from God's Word, it's His will for them to be saved. So this scripture would be the basis for our prayer. And when you fulfill these two prerequisites, you believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead and you confess the Lord Jesus with your mouth, then you're saved. And we have God's Word to back it up. Feelings have nothing to do with receiving. Feelings have nothing to do with receiving. After you pray and receive salvation by faith, or healing, or anything else, you simply thank God for it. Healing operates the same way. Let's say uh, if we were going to, you know, pray for someone's healing, we could go to Isaiah 53:5. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his wounds, we are healed. Matthew 8:17 says, Himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. So that, we could use those two scriptures as the basis for our prayer, praying for healing. So you could say, Father, I see in your word that healing belongs to me. I believe Jesus not only bore my sins, but he paid the full price for sin, sickness, and all the consequences of sin, and I believe I receive it, and I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Now that's a prayer you can pray anywhere, anytime. You can receive healing on the spot anywhere, anytime with that prayer. Begin to speak God's word about your healing, and don't allow the devil to convince you that you are still sick. The next step to praying effectively is to believe you receive when you pray according to Mark 11, 24. Now we spent a bit of time on this a few weeks ago, uh, and I'm, I'm not going to go over that again right now. That's something that we need to talk about on a regular basis and keep this at the forefront of our minds and not let it slip away. That you, you believe you receive when you pray, not when you see the manifestation of it. But that's a, a, an important step in praying effectively is to believe you receive when you pray. And when we pray now, then now is when we're going to receive. Once you've prayed in faith, hold fast to your confession. Maintain your faith by keeping your confession in line with God's Word. That's how we maintain our faith, is by speaking 
these healing scriptures and speaking the word of God over ourselves, that helps us to maintain our faith and cast down uh, imaginations and the lies of the devil. Now let's talk specifically about the prayer of agreement. Now let's turn to Matthew 18. <clears throat> this is one of the kinds of prayer that we can pray and God has given us in order to change things. If you've got something that needs to be changed, then the prayer of agreement is one of the kinds of prayer God has given us in His Word in order to change these things. Now in Matthew 18, uh, 18, now let's go to 19. Again I say unto you, that if two of you shall agree on earth, as touching anything they shall ask. So we're on earth. So that's one of the qualifications, okay? If you're on earth, you qualify for this prayer. If, if two of you shall agree on earth, as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. Now, we talked about going to the Word of God. So when you go to make a prayer of agreement, uh, you're going to find the scriptures that cover what you're going to pray about. And each of you, whether there's two of you or three of you, ever how many, two or more, all two or three of you are going to read these scriptures out loud. Okay, because it says, uh, shall agree on earth is touching anything they shall ask. Now they is plural. They is more than one person. It's not just one person reading this and everybody else is saying, yeah, I agree. Uh, I think it's uh, the way I've been taught is for every person involved in this agreement is going to read these scriptures out loud. And then we're going to write down the scriptures and the things that we're asking for. Now I have prepared a general outline here to help you. Uh, you know, you, you can add to it, but to help you form, uh, compose a prayer of agreement. And uh, I've got a couple of prayers of agreement going at the moment. The last one I did was in April. And I'll share a little bit about that with you as we go along. But you're going to write these scriptures down that covers your situation. It might be salvation for your loved ones. So you would get out your concordance and go through the Bible and find scriptures that promise you salvation of your family. Or if it's uh, finances, you look up all, you know, look up the scriptures that the Lord gives you about what to stand on concerning God's promises of provision. So these are the scriptures that you would find. And, uh, you know, I would write them out. 
uh, or at least write them down on paper and then read them out loud. So verse 19 says, anything they shall ask. So both of you or all of you need to read the scriptures and that agreement out loud when you go to, to make your prayer of agreement. Whatever you're agreeing on, you're all going to read it out loud. What you're asking for. Now let's use finances as an example. <clears throat> you could say, we hereby agree according to Philippians 4.19 and Matthew 18.19 and any other uh, scriptures, you know, that cover your situation. Father, we see from your word it is your will to supply all of our need. And uh, we're setting ourselves in agreement according to these scriptures. And according to Matthew 18, 19, we're setting ourselves in agreement that this financial need is met in Jesus' name. Now you would write that down and you would both speak it out. And then you say, we believe we receive and be specific about the amount of money you need. We believe we receive whatever. And we establish this agreement in Jesus' name. Now that's just an example. You know, you could, you could, uh, but whatever it is, be specific about it. You know, if you're selling something or buying something, you know, just be specific about we, we believe we receive, you know, this car, a 2012 whatever brand car that you're a Toyota, whatever you're believing for, you write down the kind of car you want or need or whatever, you know, uh, whatever it is, just be specific about it. <clears throat> now the word agree here in verse 19 is the Greek word symphonio and it's where we get the English word symphony. Now, the verse, uh, in verse 19 of the Amplified Bible, this is what verse 19 says in Amplified. Again, I tell you, if two of you on earth agree, harmonize together, make a symphony together about whatever, anything and everything they may ask. Now, obviously... We're talking about asking according to the Word of God. Okay, that's, that's a foregone conclusion. What we're asking is according to the Word. It will come to pass. I think it'd be good to underline that in your Bible. It will come to pass. I like that phrase. It will come to pass and be done for them by my Father in heaven. Now, there's a, a little warning I need to issue about this prayer of agreement. Satan does not want your prayers answered and he does not want your needs met. And he does not want this situation to change. He wants to maintain an involvement in that. And he will do everything he can to try to get you out of harmony and out of agreement with other people and try to get you into strife with other people. So just be aware of that. Because, I mean, it, it almost always happens 
you know, I've, I've prayed with other people prayer of agreement, and I've warned them about this, and I'd say, you know, you've got to be on the lookout because the devil is going to try to come break this thing up. And he's, he's, he'll try to get you into strife, or try to get you in, you arguing about something that's totally stupid, and it doesn't look like it has anything to do with the situation. And he'll use something, you know, let's say you prayed over here about this situation, you're in agreement about it on God's Word, and then over here somewhere, you know, your neighbor has blocked your driveway for three weeks and you keep asking them not to block your driveway and they keep blocking your driveway. That's The devil is just trying to stir you up. And you, it doesn't look like it has anything to do with what you prayed about over here, but I can guarantee you it has everything to do with what you prayed about over here. You know, so... Uh, you know, you, I've seen just the most ridiculous people get into ridiculous arguments over something that just they would never do otherwise. So the devil is trying to break up this harmony and this agreement. So just be be on the lookout, and when you do miss it, just you know, just ask for forgiveness and get back on this agreement. Just read it again, reinforce your agreement. But I'm telling you, the devil, I, almost every single time, and even myself, you know, something, something out of the blue will just, you know, somebody makes some kind of comment or they, you know, they told you they would do something and then they didn't do it or just something to irritate you, just anything that would irritate you. You know, your neighbor keeps moving your rubbish bin or something totally ridiculous. But he's, you know, and then it comes to my mind, yeah, he's after that agreement. You know, I can't get into strife with these people because I see what the devil's trying to do. Mark 11.25 says, And when you stand praying, forgive. So another factor in keeping this prayer of agreement in force, you have to forgive everybody who has done you wrong. You can't exercise faith and be in unforgiveness at the same time because faith and unforgiveness won't mix. You can't release faith and not release forgiveness as well. You, you can't try to release one thing and hold back, you know, forgiveness. So you can't try to release one thing and you're hanging on to that unforgiveness at the same time. You can't do it. So, you forgive when you pray, not when you feel like it. And it has nothing to do with your feelings. That's why some people go months and years and years and years and years still, you know, harboring unforgiveness toward people because they still have this bad feeling toward them and they're waiting for the feelings to change and their feelings may never change. So that's why we have to forgive according to the Word. We forgive by faith. Not according to our feelings. We're, we're acting on the Word of God and over time your feelings may change. Your feelings may never, you know, your feelings may never change. I mean, those people may never be your best buddies ever again. You know, that's just the way it is. But you can still stand before God and say, well, I, I forgive them, you know. And, and even when you see them, those feelings may come back. But you say, no, I forgive them, you know. 
So we, we forgive by faith. Hallelujah. It pleases God. It closes the door on the devil who started the whole trouble in the first place. And it puts yourself in a position of power. So you must remain in harmony with the person or persons in this agreement and with other people. From this point forward, just thank God and refuse to waver or doubt. And if you do waver or doubt, which we all have done, and it's all a tactic of the devil to try to get us off of faith, but if you realize you've missed it, just, you know, just say, Lord, forgive me, I'm sorry I missed it, I'm sorry I got upset, and just reinforce that agreement and just put it back into effect. Go at it again. Uh, verse 20. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. Jesus said he would be in the midst to bring it to pass. Hallelujah. So he, where, he said where two or three are gathered together, he would be in the midst to bring it to pass, and he confirms his word with signs following. And if we know that the word is what God's going to confirm, then that's what we need to be on is the word. Amen? Because that's why if, if people pray things that are not word-based, God doesn't have to confirm that. You know? He doesn't have to confirm it because that's not His Word. But when we pray according to His Word, he, he says He will confirm His Word with signs following. And that's, you know, that's why we've, we've seen great answers to prayer here in people's lives is because we're praying according to the Word. And God's confirming it. Hallelujah. Another area of harmony... Uh, is not only just being in harmony with other people and, and staying free from strife, but having your spirit, mind, and body in agreement with the Word. Now, to, for your spirit to be in agreement with the Word, you just receive the Word as the truth, and it will come to pass. These are the words of Jesus. And you, you, you say, these are the words of Jesus, this is His promise to me, and you receive that as God's Word, final authority. That's bringing your spirit into agreement with the Word. Now bringing your mind in agreement with the Word, by writing this down, that helps to keep your mind on this agreement. And when your mind starts trying to go off in another direction... That's when you've got the piece of paper in your Bible or on your nightstand. And I've got one in my Bible and I've got another one on my nightstand. And I can pick it up and I can read it out loud. And that helps put my mind on the Word, helps to bring my mind in agreement with what we've prayed and to keep it there. And it helps to, to keep your mind centered in and, and from going off you know, into doubt and unbelief and, and, you know, the devil telling you, ah, this isn't going to happen and that's not going to happen and they're not, you know, they're not going to do this. Just get it out and read it. It will help control your mind. We need to also keep our actions in agreement with the Word. 
So if you're praying about a financial situation, expect the money to come in. If you're praying for, you know, the salvation of your family, expect laborers to come across their path with the word that they will listen to because they may not listen to you. They usually don't listen to family, but God knows who they will listen to. So expect the situation to change. You know, don't say, well, we prayed for Aunt Minnie, but she's not getting any better. That's not, that's not keeping your actions and your mouth in line with the agreement. You know, you got it. when you pray, you say, yeah, we prayed and we believe the situation's changing. Have you seen any change yet? No, but we're not moved by what we see. We believe God's Word and we believe the situation's changing because we got an agreement on God's Word. And just wave that agreement in the devil's face. Hallelujah. When we apply forgiveness along with these principles of faith and agreement, we can know our prayers are answered because you have conformed yourself to his will. Now let's talk just a minute about, uh, let's go back to verse 18. And we'll talk about the prayer of binding and loosing. This is another prayer that, uh, another prayer principle that Jesus has given us to change things. Now let's turn back to Matthew 12. First of all, and then we'll come back to 18. Matthew 12:29. Now this is a good prayer to pray concerning your loved ones or salvation for your loved ones or salvation for somebody else. Matthew 12, 29. Jesus said, Or else how can one enter into a strong man's house and spoil his goods except he first bind the strong man? Then he will spoil his house. So in the prayer of binding, we're binding the strong man. We're binding Satan. We're binding Satan. He's the one that's blinding your loved ones to the gospel. He's the one blinding them, you know, about uh, Jesus and spiritual things and the things of God. He's the one that's the problem. Whether it's salvation or, or, or... Whatever his involvement is in a situation, he's the one that you're binding. Now, Matthew 18, 18, Jesus said, Verily I say unto you, Whatsoever, anything ye shall bind, on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever ye shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Now, Brother Copeland says, if you can't bind it, loose it. You know, if binding doesn't work, loose it. You know, loose, loose your family from the devil. Loose him from his chokehold. Loose, loose him from his blindness. Loose them from the powers of darkness. You know, so bind him and loose. Bind the devil and loose your loved ones. You know, so... Like Brother Copeland says, if binding doesn't fix it, loose it. You know, one of them, one of them will work. Hallelujah. 
Jesus has stripped Satan of his authority and delegated it back to the body of Christ. So when we bind Satan, we speak to him directly. We don't ask God to bind the devil. We, we're the ones with authority over him. We speak to him in the name of Jesus, and we bind him. Now, what I did in my... Uh, I, this is a, a prayer agreement I did in April, and I listed four, four areas here that I went to the Lord about. And... Uh, I incorporated the prayer of binding and loosing in the prayer of agreement. And that's a good thing to do. And I think I may have, yeah, the, the, I've left a space there in the middle for you to write down whatever it is you want to agree about. And if you want to make some photocopies of it or something, you know, you, you can. Or just ask me and I'll get you some more. But I've left some space there in the middle for you to write down whatever it is you want to agree about. Now, and then at the, the bottom half of the page there, I put, according to Matthew 18, 18, Satan, we bind you and render you helpless in this situation. We loose the angels of God to go forth and work on our behalf. Now, that's incorporating the prayer of binding and loosing into the prayer of agreement. And that's what I did here. I put, according to Matthew 18, 18, we hereby bind Satan and all his forces and I loose the angels of God to go forth and work on my behalf. Uh, so, now the prayer, uh, getting the angels involved, that's uh, Hebrews 1. We'll turn over there. That's our scriptural basis for loosing the angels. Now, after your prayer of agreement, do not give Satan any place by talking the problem. Don't continue to talk the problem once you've made this prayer of agreement. Talk the answer. Expect it to change. Expect results. Now, Hebrews 1.13 says, But to which of the angels said he at any time, Sit on my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool. Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them, that's us, for us, who shall be heirs of salvation? So we say, ministering spirits, I loose you in the name of Jesus to minister on my behalf according to the will of God, and I loose you to bring that money to me in the name of Jesus. So that's, that's an example of how you would, you would pray uh, the prayer of loosing. Then at the bottom, you sign both of your names or all of your names, everybody involved in this agreement, you sign it and you date it. And if you, you know, you want to spend some time in prayer about something you, you want to agree on, something that needs to be changed, you don't know anybody else to agree with you. you. You just get in touch with me, okay? Next meeting or whatever, you, you got your prayer there set up. You, you know what you want to, what we're going to agree on. The situation you want changed, and we'll do it, okay? Peter and Ann can pray together or whatever, uh, but 
That, that's another thing. Just, just uh, don't go to just any Christian about this because they they're not going to know what we've just talked about. And in the, and if you ask them to believe with you for fifty thousand pounds, they're going to say, "I can't get fifty thousand pounds myself. Why should I believe you to get fifty thousand? So that isn't going to work. So you find somebody that knows the word and somebody you know they can believe God with me about this, and they're not going to doubt and they're not going to waver about it. So you just you come see me if you can't if you're not confident about anybody else, and we'll we'll do it. Now I made Joanne and Greg asked me to, or I suggested a prayer of agreement about some things that they had a list of, and uh, they've already ticked off. A couple of have already been answered within a, two or three weeks of us doing it. There's still some things outstanding. You know, sometimes things just take a while. I've still got some things outstanding, you know, but on my other prayer of agreement, I've already ticked off, put a check mark by the ones that have already been answered and they've already come to pass. There's still some that haven't, but I'm just staying with it till they do. Amen? So I hope that will help you. Uh, it will help you. I'm telling you, it, it works. And, it, and, and writing it down is just, just helps you to be able to see it and just reinforce, keep your faith applied to it. You know, there's some things we can just, you know, I'm in agreement with Ann that people are coming from the north, south, east, and west, and this room's going to fill up. Yeah. And we're going to move out of here to a bigger place. You know, I'm in agreement about that. Um, but this is just an outline I did to help you kind of form your prayer. There's so many people need to hear what you've been saying. They're not getting it from their churches. Mm, mm. They need to hear it. So that's why I want this room filled up. Amen. Because of the information that you're... Amen. Giving. That's That's why I want it filled up. I want, I want them, God wants them to have this information, you know. People are perishing for lack of knowledge, and it's just not God's will. You know, it disturbs me, and it disturbs God. And, uh, you know, it's not a matter of just filling up the room. We need, we need people getting on the Word and, and coming up to God's best and taking, you know, their rightful position of authority on this earth and run the devil out of here, you know? Or I'm not, I realize he's going to be here till the earth leases up, but in the meantime, he did, we're the ones with dominion and authority here, and he's subject to us. We're not subject to him. And uh, people need to know how to do this.